Welcome to the ERMI Podcast. This is Joel Applebaum, the Chief Content Officer at ERMI. In this episode, we bring you a snap talk from our 2022 Emmett J. Vaughn Agricon titled, A Brief Discussion of Nuclear Verdicts and Social Inflation by Laura Gregory, a partner at Sloan and Walsh LLP. For over 40 years, ERMI has been an industry leader in educating and informing insurance risk management professionals. We are offering today for you, our listeners, a demo of our must-have resource for agribusiness risk management and insurance professionals, which provides an unbiased analysis of agribusiness coverage options, exposures, and best practices for agricultural insurance programs. Go to ermy.com and sign up for your free demo today. And in this snap talk, Laura will discuss the phenomenon of nuclear verdicts. Laura explains how social inflation impacts nuclear verdicts, which in turn affects insurance for everyone. After this snap talk, we hope you'll better understand what nuclear verdicts and social inflation are and the correlation between them. So settle in for a 20-minute discussion. To start out with, what is a nuclear verdict? The historic, maybe historic, uh, original definition of nuclear verdicts was ones that exceed $10 million. That definition has been expanded some in recent years in that things that are identified as nuclear verdicts often are ones where the amount of the verdict is disproportionate to the evidence of damages presented at trial regardless of what the amount is in the end. As I mentioned, um, social inflation is one of the factors that many think impact on both the amount and the frequency of nuclear verdicts. Social inflation is generally a term that's used to describe the the rising costs of insurance claims resulting from things like increasing litigation, broader definitions of liability, more plaintiff-friendly legal decisions, and larger compensatory jury awards. That larger compensatory jury awards would include nuclear verdicts. The Insurance Research Council has identified several drivers of social inflation including shifts in the public view of litigation, there's less stigma attached to filing suit now than there has been in the past, uh, more of these big jury verdicts, these nuclear verdicts, and the fact that that information about these big verdicts is being made more available to more people primarily through things like social media, as well as the traditional media and online sources. Continuing with identified drivers of social inflation, tort reform rollbacks. Uh, historically, over the last 20 or 30 years or more, there have been in a number of states limitations on the amount of damages that can be obtained in a variety of different circumstances or even claims that can't be made at all. And that generally falls into tort reform. Tort reform has become less popular and has either been removed or has been limited in its application. So that's adding to social inflation. Extending and repealing statutes of limitation 
have also caused there to be the possibility of more suits being filed. Uh, we have seen recently in um, New York State, for example, they reopened the statute of limitations for uh, child molestation claims for a period of time. In addition to statutes of limitations, we have increased attorney advertising and increased attorney involvement in liability claims. That is, there are more advertising. I'm sure that you're seeing the advertising on TV, hearing it on the radio, seeing it on social media. Billboards, attorneys have used all the different current methods of advertising that other professions are using. And as a result, plaintiff's attorneys are reaching more people and more claims are being made. Additionally, attorneys are involved in more claims that don't go into litigation, which is increasing the cost of those claims. We are also seeing more and more class actions, particularly related to consumer issues. And those class actions, although they oftentimes do not result in large payouts to members of the class very often result in large payouts to the attorneys for the plaintiffs or the class. And that is also uh, another identified driver of social inflation. The final driver of social inflation that I'm going to talk about is third-party litigation financing. Litigation financing is when a plaintiff or very often plaintiff's counsel, obtain a financial investment from a third party in the outcome of the lawsuit in exchange for funds to be used in litigating the lawsuit. Essentially, a outside investor is investing in the case and will then get a portion of the verdict if one is obtained by the plaintiffs. These third-party investors oftentimes get a portion of the resulting verdict in addition to what the plaintiff's attorney is already taking from that verdict. Traditionally, a plaintiff's attorney's contingency fee for a case is one-third of the proceeds that the plaintiff receives. The litigation financers oftentimes take a portion of that remaining two-thirds that would normally go to the, to the plaintiff themselves, or it is treated as an expense, which is paid prior to either the plaintiff or the plaintiff's attorney receiving any payment. You may wonder why this would be a driver of social inflation. Well, the reason that it is a driver of social inflation is because with this greater investment in the cases, the plaintiff's attorneys are able to address either cases that they wouldn't be able to otherwise, or they are able to litigate existing cases in different ways. The investment in the case is anticipated by both the plaintiff's attorney as well as the third-party financer to increase the award at trial, which then benefits the plaintiff, the plaintiff's counsel, as well as the litigation financing investor in the end. Of course, this does not benefit the defendant, comma, or the 
defendant's insurer, who oftentimes are either looking at a much higher verdict, having gone through trial, or are anticipating the possibility of a significantly higher verdict as they are approaching trial or discussing settlement. Additionally, higher payouts, both in settlements and after trial by insurers, results in increased premiums to all insureds, and particularly in industries or types of claims in which there is an increased likelihood of nuclear verdicts or litigation financing. These third-party litigation financing arrangements are often unknown by the defendants. Some states are requiring that this information be disclosed, but currently the majority of states are not requiring disclosure. Another driver of social inflation is a general anti-corporate sentiment amongst the American population. Up until the pandemic, pharmaceutical companies were one of the primary targets for this anti-corporate sentiment. It's unclear whether that will continue given the benefits that the population has seen from the pharmaceutical industry in recent years. Social inflation impacts the insurance industry in commercial auto policies and to some extent personal auto policies as well in medical malpractice involving directors and officers policies and of course umbrella and excess liability policies as those policies are reached more often when you have nuclear verdicts and when you have more incidents of nuclear verdicts. The relationship between social inflation and nuclear verdicts is essentially a chicken and egg type problem in that each of them cause the other to become worse in a vicious cycle of more frequent and escalating damage awards. So as we see more high verdicts and jurors are, or potential jurors are aware of these verdicts, when they go in to do jury duty, these are the sorts of damages they may have in mind when they are hearing a case involving your insured. Nuclear verdicts have been particularly common in trucking and in areas where individuals, jurors, can put themselves into the situation at hand. Auto accidents are something that virtually every potential juror is familiar with in some way and can imagine themselves in that situation, making the likelihood for these verdicts higher. As I mentioned at the outset, I was going to discuss a few of the recent nuclear verdicts that I have seen, and several of these are in the context of trucking or auto. So these cases will give you an idea of some of the situations where we are seeing nuclear verdicts, but there is really no limitation as to the type of policy or the type of issue that could result in a nuclear verdict. 
They are generally limited to jury verdicts, but it isn't impossible that a bench trial or a uh, trial where the judge is the fact finder rather than a jury could result in these types of damages, but it is much less likely and certainly has been extremely uncommon to date. I'm not aware of anything that would be called a nuclear verdict that came from a judge rather than from a jury. I'm going to discuss a few of the nuclear verdicts that have come down in late 2021. I'm sure I won't cover all of them, but these are some of the ones that I'm aware of and wanted to make you aware of. There have been recent nuclear verdicts in Illinois, 18.15 million, in Nebraska, 26 million, and in South Carolina for 10 million. These verdicts all came down in November and early December of 2021. The Illinois verdict for 18.15 million was awarded to the family of a 17-year-old who had been hit by a semi-tractor trailer while at the side of the road. He, he was thrown 30 feet when he was hit and suffered from brain injuries that will require care for the rest of his life. As I said, these are common in the trucking area and in commercial auto in general. The Nebraska case, $26 million verdict on a medical malpractice claim in which a five-year-old child was sent home after treatment for a head injury and the child later suffered seizures leaving her permanently disabled as of a few months ago in late 2021 this was the highest medical malpractice award in nebraska history the jury award was for 21.5 million for the child's medical care and damages and 4.6 million to the parents there is a statute in Nebraska that will likely impact on the total amount that's actually payable of that award. An example of what I was describing earlier as tort reform. So Nebraska may have some limitations on these, though it's not clear how that may apply here. And I'm not aware of a decision that has been issued on its application to date. Finally, the South Carolina award for $10 million was awarded to a woman who stepped on a nail in a Walmart store. Ultimately, she was forced to amputate most of her right leg. Although this was in a Walmart store, it could happen in a variety of different circumstances. A nail is not something that you would ordinarily expect to see in a Walmart store, but would be certainly that you could imagine equally in any other sort of retail establishment, not to mention in some sort of industry where nails or similar things were used more regularly. These are a number of examples of nuclear verdicts. I suspect we will see more in the months and years to come, and we can anticipate that particularly in the trucking industry, these will continue to be a problem. They will continue to increase premiums, potentially decreasing the market available for trucking as well as for commercial auto generally. 
So these are certainly something to be aware of and also something to think about in ways that you or your insureds, your clients may be subject to claims that could result in a nuclear verdict. Thank you for listening and I look forward to communicating with you in the future. Thank you for listening and please be sure to follow Ermi Podcast in your podcast app to get new episodes on agricultural risk topics. In addition, we have a free newsletter with great information for agribusiness and insurance and risk professionals and you can sign up for it at Ermi.com.